0: Welcome to Series 3 of Diary She Wrote. I'm Liz Beardsell, a diarist and creator of this podcast. I have religiously handwritten a diary every day of my life since I was 12. And on the 18th of May, 2021, I wrote my 10,000th diary entry. In Series 3, I share more stories straight from my diaries, looking at modern dating, the love of friendship, the safety of women. I talk about my university experience, the benefits of therapy, and you'll hear an update on Dexter Turner, if you are new to Diary She Wrote, the podcast is made up of three series in total, each with eight episodes with overlapping storylines and characters running throughout. So I'd really encourage you to start listening from series one, episode one, Dexter Turner, where the story begins. Otherwise, it's like picking up a book and starting in the middle. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to follow me online, I'm mainly on Instagram at Diaries She Wrote. All names and some factual details have been changed to protect people's identity. Episode 24. Look at the change in you. If you've listened to the other 23 episodes of Diary She Wrote, you may have picked up on some of my insecurities. These mainly centre around not feeling intelligent enough and not talking enough in social situations. After a therapy session, and with the therapist's comments in mind, I read back over my time at school, and it became obvious how year after year, my school's class rating system and some teachers' comments were no doubt partly responsible for installing my perception of my intelligence, which in turn impacts my confidence when it comes to talking up in social situations. I had been aware of my insecurities all my life, but they only really started to surface and to become a hindrance in my mid-thirties, so in order to try and figure out how to better deal with them, I went to see said therapist. Wednesday the 29th of November, 1995. A student drama on Channel 4 called Hollyoaks was now appearing on our TV screens in the popular 6.30 tea time slot, now making the soap over 25 years old. Nearly 23 million people had just tuned in to watch the historic episode of Panorama, where Martin Bashir interviewed Princess Diana. And any kids would have been dancing to TLC waterfalls Coolio featuring LV Gangster's Paradise and Take That Never Forget at the school disco. I am 14 years old and I am in the second year of senior school in Stockport, South Manchester, where I grew up. I've done so badly in my exams. I'm going to come so low in the class, 27 out of 30. It really upsets me. I revise for ages and it feels like the people who hardly do any revision still beat me. Tuesday the 9th of July 1996 age 14 8 months later It was the last day of third year senior school today I got my school report it was okay I came 25th out of 30 better than christmas luckily my mum and dad don't care about my class position Tuesday the 3rd of March 1998 age 16 2 years later From the age of 12 to 14, the school rated you twice a year against your class peers, and I was always in the bottom five of a class of 30. From the age of 15 to 16, the school then split pupils into seven sets for maths and English. Highest performing kids were in set one, lowest performing kids were in set seven. I was in set seven. I spoke to Mr Spring about A-level art, and he said that I'd find it difficult, both the pace and intellectually but he's willing to let me do it. I don't know whether it's a good idea because I might not even get an A-level in it. Tuesday, the 17th of November, 1998, age 17, eight months later. I was dreading business studies. Today, the teacher went on for about 10 minutes telling me how thick I was, comparing me to the standard of a 12-year-old saying that I needed to get a maths tutor. Tuesday, the 12th of October, 1999, age 17, 11 months later. I've nearly sorted of my UCAS form now, although I keep having these thoughts that I'm not clever enough. Sunday, the 22nd of October 2017, age 35, 18 years later. I got accepted into the university course I wanted to study, and whilst I was at uni and throughout my 20s, I was still aware of my insecurities that had built up in my school years, but they didn't hugely bother me. However, now, in my mid 30s, they had started to become more prominent. I think because there is a vulnerability that can come with being single and perhaps when I was looking for a reason as to why relationships weren't working out, I was starting to blame my insecurities. I met Rowan, Flossie, Ryan, Nina and Cara for a walk and on the way I felt like crying again. Rowan asked if I was okay and I welled up and I said no, I keep getting upset and I don't know why. We talked it through and I realised that I'm sad I don't have someone to share my life and my problems with. I hate feeling self conscious about my intelligence and I hate not being able to contribute to conversations. She suggested I try talking about my feelings in therapy. Wednesday, the 18th of July, age 36, nine months later. I headed down for my therapy session with Paula. She was a petite, elderly Italian lady, not what I was expecting, and I quickly warmed to her. She made me tea, said she never ran early, referring to me arriving early and then we headed upstairs to her therapy room. She asked if I was happy to do a getting to know you session or if I had stuff I was burning to talk about, but I was very happy with the get to know you session, led by her. So we started with my birth date and then questions about my life, beginning with my parents. Turns out I don't know much about them or what I was like as a baby. The conversation went off on lots of different tangents. We spoke about dad dying when I was 15 and how I felt that I had dealt with it well And that when people say, oh, that must have been hard, I think, yeah, it should have been, but I don't remember it being difficult. And that I was ashamed to say that I quite liked the attention I got at school. She responded by saying she understood the attention thing, but also asked, you know, not finding it hard doesn't seem right. I agreed, we parked it, and we moved on to the Dan issue, around me not ever saying I love you, or feeling love, and how I replaced the words I love you with the words good stuff my version of I love you, to let him know that I cared, as I'd always put I love you on a pedestal, something totally unattainable, and although I loved him as a person, that wasn't enough, there was more I knew I should feel, and I never wanted to lie and then have those words thrown back at me when I eventually broke up with him. At one point, I said when I was younger, I felt that people used the words I love you too flippantly in their teenage relationships, and it made me angry, as I didn't believe that they had already fallen in love. And she said, that's because you didn't have those words in your life, referring to my comment on how despite knowing I was loved, we never said I love you as a family. She spoke about the different chakras and that feeling of love following the words, and I realised, although I say I love you to friends, I've never really felt that feeling of love follow the words. We spoke about the painful sex, and she very eloquently and succinctly explained that Dan had stepped in as the father figure I had needed. He was someone who really loved me and would do anything to make me happy and that relationship had subconsciously helped me process Dad's death. No wonder I couldn't relax during sex if he was the missing father figure. Her explanation really helped me to quickly forgive myself for the regrets I held over the length of time I spent with someone I never loved because if that relationship was all part of my healing over Dad's death, then that was okay. And I had that feeling of relief lifted from me again the same feeling that I felt the time when I finally broke up with him. We spoke about Eric solving the painful sex and she was like, isn't the universe wonderful, just giving you what you want when you need it? And when talking about my school days, I touched on being in the lowest set of maths and English and how I was surrounded by intelligent kids. And she stopped me and said, the way you talk about this, it's an issue for you, do you know that? And I started crying and I said, yes, this is one of the reasons I came here, because I never feel intelligent enough. And she said, well, by being put in the lowest set at school, you were being told you were not intelligent. And it suddenly became so obvious where my hang-up came from. And she said, so what? What do you love? And I spoke about interiors and my diary and the spoken word nights I do. And she said, now, look at the change in you. I can see your emotional chakras opening when you talk about that. Do more of this. We also touched on my issue around often feeling suffocatingly mute in social situations and that I think people are like, why is she here? Why doesn't she say anything? She's not adding anything to the conversation. And she said, that's just your perception. No one has ever noticed you not talking. They all have their own thing going on. Everyone is thinking about themselves. I didn't think therapists were meant to give you the answers, but she did. At the start, she asked if I recognised and appreciated what a stable childhood I'd had, living on the same street all my life, never changing schools, my parents never separating, and I really do. She also said she doesn't often give people the choice, but I could pick if I wanted to dig into my childhood or just focus on current issues. I thought I would dig, as you may as well figure it all out at once. But then, at the end of the session, she said, I very rarely say this but I don't think you need therapy right now. You are so grounded, hold on to that. Therapy will only upset that grounding. And although disappointed that I don't need therapy, as it's quite nice to talk about yourself for an hour, it's a massive compliment to hear that you are grounded and it's one I've heard people say to me before and something I should really embrace. It was 70 pounds well spent and I left feeling free, light, happy and ready. I understand therapy is a hugely beneficial practice for everyone and we all go for thousands of different reasons and for different lengths of time. Please don't think I'm suggesting that if you go to therapy you are not grounded. This was a story of my experience and my therapist's interpretations of what I chose to share in 2018. One thing I didn't write in my diary on that day was the therapist's reaction when I told her I had kept a diary every day of my life since I was 12. She was thrilled as journaling is becoming more and more recognised as a way to process emotions, and I'm confident her comments about me being grounded are a result of my journaling. Because every day, I release and process my emotions through the form of traditional pen-to-paper diary writing. I'm sure that won't be my only therapy session, but at the time, that was exactly what I needed to work through. It helped me forgive myself for decisions I'd made, It helped me to better understand and deal with my insecurities. And it set me up for a happier time ahead. That was the last episode from series three of Diary She Wrote. I have one final, let's call it a bonus episode left to release before the podcast comes to a close which will be the story of Diary She Wrote and the year 2020. Thank you again for listening, for supporting and for sharing your stories with me. It's been a fun few years and I hope I've helped you in some way by bringing some laughter to your day, by encouraging you to start dating again, by being some unexpected company during the pandemic in this unique time of our lives, or by inspiring you to write your own diary. And hopefully the stories I've shared reminded you that we're all going through the same mix of emotions I'll be back soon with that final episode for further details on characters and locations please see the show notes Diary She Wrote was produced in partnership with Birdline Media with original music by Ethan Illingworth and I can't believe I missed this of series 1 and 2 but the artwork was designed by the amazing Robbie Porter